Hello everybody and welcome to the Words Over Whiskey podcast, episode 12, our final one for this year, 2020, which seems to have dragged on for eternity, but we've made it, well, we've Uh-oh. almost made it, <laughs> we're on the 21st of December, there's still time, do not jinx it, do not jinx it, please, but yes, welcome to our end of the year episode, our wrap up of the year. As usual, I am joined by my co-host, Tom. Hello, everyone. Still alive as well. (laughs) For now. For now. (laughs) Yes. So, for a final... Well, this is quite fitting, actually, as it's our 12th episode, and we have a aged 12-year scotch. Oh, yeah. That was completely unintentional, and I've only just realised it. (laughs) That is very true, actually. That is poetic. That is poetic. So we for our whiskey today we have the Bamore Scotch aged twelve years. I was reading on the back of the box that uh, Bamore is one of the oldest whiskey warehouses. I think two hundred and thirty years. I think it says. Jesus. Yes. Let's have a look. Yes, world's oldest Scotch maturation warehouse. So yes, two hundred and thirty years of heritage. Well, this should be good then, because in all that time, they sort of perfected what they're doing. Yes. I was going to say, because you've, you've, I've never had a Bamor before, but you have actually, haven't you? I think I've had this 12-year one before. I think I had it in back in August, and I had the 15-year uh, last month. And I, I really like them, actually. They're... Oh, you're pouring already. You're pouring already. Yep, yep. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Oh, nice. Oh, Did you like the pop a, there? I, I heard that. That was a good. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Right. Yes. So I will warn you, Henry. It is quite smoky. Mm, yeah. You can. You can. I can. Just the uh, smell test again. A, a nice bit of sort of sweetness, but yeah, you can definitely get sort of sweet and then the peat. You can smell. Yeah, the peat. you can really smell the peat in that one. Mm. But I, I was thinking this. Um, I was thinking for next year we should definitely try and try a few more PT ones. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Please. Think, uh, Talisker. They're, uh, they're like they're a villain. Quite... Like a villain. Yes. Because this year I feel like we've quite had quite a few smooth, smooth. ones. And I was thinking yeah. we should branch out a bit more. But mm, yeah, that no, is. I'm a, definitely up for that. That is a nice yeah PT PT smell, but yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Right, right. I've been holding this in my hand for too long, so I need to drink it now, Henry. <laughs> cheers, Tom. cheers, cheers. Hmm, hmm. That's nice. It's almost, it, it almost like at first there's no flavour. It's almost like drinking water. And yeah. Then, and then the peatiness, the smokiness hits you, but it's not unpleasant. It's a very subtle. I'd say it's a bit subtle. A, yeah, mellow. It's not a. Yeah. It's not like the smokehead where it's like pour in your face. <laughs> Smoke. It's, uh, it is like a almost like when you've had a, 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 a someone's got like a campfire going and you can you can smell the wood smoke. Yeah, it's like you're you're tasting that, but it's not unpleasant. It's like that really nice earthy sort of smoky smell, but in a flavour. I'd like to say the flavour isn't as strong in the twelve years as in the fifteen years. Mm. And I would say next time because they're about the same price, give or take a tenner. We should invest for the fifteen year. Yeah, we can save but that. This is still... Save that for another episode. Exactly, but mm. this is still very nice. It was a slight mm. kind of sort of smell like a sweetness more than I really taste it. I think there was a little sort of after after you've drunk it and you kind of feel the flavours in your mouth, you can just there's this subtle hint of something sweet. Subtly, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Subtly, I wouldn't say it's very sweet. Here we go. So, uh, savour subtle lemon and sweet heather honey as the trademark peat smoke of Bramore leads to a delicious, long and mellow finish. Mellow, I agree. Mellow, Mellow, I agree. Um, The sweet honey. The sweet honey. That's what Mm. you can taste. Yeah. Um, Definitely a long flavour. Like, I've I've had a couple of sips and I can still taste it, but that's, that's... Yeah, that is nice. That's a... For a first time trying a Bamor, I I would, I would, I 
I think I will quite enjoy this. I think I will quite enjoy this bottle. (laughs) Well, here's the 2020 then, Henry. Here's the 2020. Well, here's to the end of 2020, I guess. Oh, that's much more. That's much better. That's much more. I'll drink to that. But, yeah, since we're... So that's... That's our ninth whiskey that we've tried because there's a couple of episodes where we due to lockdown reasons we weren't able to get whiskey or the same whiskey mm. and we had the old old fashioned cocktail as well no the godfather sorry yeah godfather. i don't know why you keep calling it that it's called the godfather i think i think it's because i made an old-fashioned at home the other day when uh... i was writing out the list and i got them mixed up but yeah i set you a task to uh, decide your favourite whiskey that we've had this year, as well as mine. And I found this quite a lot harder a task than yeah. I thought I would. At first I was like, yeah, it's definitely going to be that one. And then when I wrote out the list, I was like, actually, I'm not so sure now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, in the end, I actually wrote down my top three. Okay. Um, do, do you have any idea which your top three would be? Otherwise, we'll just go for, to, to the number one. No, I, I have my top three as well, actually. You have your top three. Okay, which was which one for you came third? Smokehead. Really? Yeah. That is just... very surprising, because I, I, I guessed that was going to be your top one. I thought that would be your top one. Well, I've had it quite a bit this year. Um, I, I did pick up a few bottles in lockdown, so I'm getting quite used to it. It's not as much of a treat as it as it once was but I just like how it just hits you in the face of the smoke it's the most over the top mm. aggressive whiskey I've ever had and it definitely is something of an acquired taste <laughs> I must have <laughs> I, as you found out I think Henry yeah so um, it's but it's not quite fancy or complex enough to be my number one mm. but my my number three was Eagle Rare and I had this hard oh. time. I had a hard time choosing between that or Woodford. Yeah, I, th- mm. I think they, I think they kind of have. To, I feel like they should share the um... number third spot. No, to be fair, they are very similar. I'll I'll let yeah. you have um, Eagle Rare slash Woodford. Reserve, yeah, I think I gave it to Eagle Rare just because I I love the design of their bottle so much. That well, that was a very out, very very pretty bottle. Yeah, but they were my uh, combined number three. What about your number two? My number two... I, I'm sorry, Henry. Tullamore Dew. Uh, I, to- <laughs> <laughs> I told you to... I told you you shouldn't include that because otherwise, otherwise I would have said that would just have been your top one. But it's funny that you put it as number two. Well, I would put it as a top one, but you said I can't have it as uh, a top one. No. <laughs> so I've cheated. <laughs> Fair I, I didn't. I didn't include Tullamore. Otherwise I was like, yeah, that would have probably been near the top. Um, but the fact the fact is that because we've had it so often as well, and we know for us it is just a a go to. So I was like, yeah, that that that's comfort already whiskey. a favourite. It's a yeah. comfort whiskey. So my my second was Nika from the Barrel. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jap- Japanese one. Yeah, because I I yeah, it'd been a long time since I had it, but having having my own bottle. I just love the love the kind of mix of flavours in it as well. It's really nice. Although, like you said, very hard to pour from bottle because of the shape it of was, it. It was. It really was. But that's quite annoying, actually, cause, because my number one is Nickiff on the Barrel. <laughs> so you've just summed up everything I was going to say. Ah, sorry to steal your thunder. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It was a very nice whiskey, and I, I did mm. enjoy it, and I would ha- really, really like to try it again. Yes, we we'll have to get a bottle to, bottle to share at some point. Exactly. But for my number one, it was the Ben Bracken Highland. I knew it. I yeah. knew it. <laughs> I think I think out of the two Ben Brackens I've had, I do prefer the Arlay one, which is the one which won the gold award. But I, I, just, I just really like both. Just the... It's nice and smooth and just the amount of flavours I can pick up from both... Just, it is a very so, good whiskey, a very good value, very easy to find. A little, yeah. It's also really nice in uh, Irish coffees or uh, Highland oh. coffees if it's Scotch. Oh. Yeah, so, so this is. Uh, I, I do have a. I do have a different bit of trivia for this episode, but I'll ah. throw. Th- I'll throw this in as well. If it's Irish whiskey, 
it's Irish coffee. If it's Scotch, it's uh, known as a Highland coffee. And I believe if it's brandy, then it's known as a Napoleon coffee. What happens if you just pour a generous amount of any whiskey into your black coffee? Uh, then you're an alcoholic. <laughs> ah, okay, fair enough, yes. To say, Henry, to say. Uh, so, our bit of trivia... Oh, whilst, whilst whiskey top up pours, whilst he pours himself another dram so did you know that a butt is actually a unit of measurement a b-u-t-t so well, mine is certainly big enough for you to be able to <laughs> use it <laughs> couldn't resist couldn't resist couldn't resist you can actually have a butt load of something and it is actually a measurement. So a buttload oh. is 108 imperial gallons. Which is how much in millilitres? Millilitres. Uh, let me have a look. I, I thought you would ask this question. <laughs> so one imperial gallon is 4,546 millilitres. So it's four litres. One imperial gallon is four litres. Four and a half, wouldn't it? Four and a four, half. Yeah. So, 108 imperial gallons would be 49,978 millilitres. I thought that was quite interesting. It's like, ah, a buttload. That's actually a unit of measurement. (laughs) So, if I ever come across 500 litres or something, that I am correct in saying that's a buttload of stuff. (laughs) Yes, so that's our little bit of trivia for this week. I thought it was quite an interesting one to wrap up on. Anyway, so, as it is the end of the year, and, well, I guess we're not going to finish too many other books in the next week before the new year, uh, I, again, set you the task to come up with your top three books of the year, as well as a few honourable mentions. Which I have done. Good, excellent. So, would you like to start with your honourable mentions for this year. Yeah. So, my honourable mentions, I actually gave each one a category to keep with this competition vibe. So, uh, my first honourable mention uh, was which was for most creative uh, story and setting, which is I feel, I feel like the, I'm at the Oscars or something. That's <laughs> because I'm taking and so the, long to say it. And, yeah, and the get and the best and the winner of the most creative category goes to Court of the Air by Stephen Hunt, which is ironic because <laughs> I really did not like that book. <laughs> well, regardless of your uh, <clears throat> misgivings, you have to admit it was creative. There was just uh, a buttload of just, stuff going on in yeah, that book. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. There was so much going on. And look, I was able to keep track of everything and keep going. And unfortunately, you were not, Henry. I just I just lost interest. It's like, there's so much crap going on. I can't follow it. It's not... I didn't find it overly interesting. And I, it's, it goes down on my list as one of the few books that I gave up on. That was not on my honourable mentions. That was on probably on my dishonourable mentions if I had written one. Well, that's a shame. Uh, so I keep going with my honourable mentions, or do you want to put one of yours in? No, if you if you go through yours, and then I will go through mine. So my next honourable mention I've included because it was the funniest book I've read all year, and that was High Fire by Owen Colfer which is about an alcoholic dragon and a foul-mouthed teenager who teen up to solve crime. And what more could you want, really? <laughs> that does, I think I do remember you telling me about some of the lines from that. And it, does, it, it, it was did very sound funny. very entertaining. <laughs> I mean, I think that sells Pitt says it all, really. Mm, yeah, that's, that is a good summary of a, what sounds like an interesting book. And those are my two honourable mentions. Uh, good. I, I, I had three. I wasn't quite sure how many how many you'd have. I think I said only like two or three, because otherwise we could be here forever list, listing just all the books we'd enjoyed. <laughs> exactly. I, like, I think I told you to try, try and limit it. So my honourable mentions for this year. Uh, first one is 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by Yuval Noah Harari. And he is the author of Sapiens, who I think was it, uh, oh. in my in my top top five from last year. I need to and, read that. 
you you really do he is just such a fantastic writer really knowledgeable and just so interesting i think even though you're not a big lover of non-fictions i just no nope. i hi- i highly encourage you to read his stuff because it's fascinating and just so well written so yeah sapiens i would definitely highly recommend and the 21 lessons for 21st century just some of the some of the things he writes in it is stuff you wouldn't necessarily have thought of but it just makes so much sense you're like oh my goodness i'd never thought of that but yeah it's so interesting so yeah i i highly recommend that one if if you are a fan of his and haven't read it definitely read it and even if not i think read sapiens read this one it's quite a big book isn't it sapiens yes yes it is but it's (laughs) it's it's interesting I, i have got another one of his on my shelf which i will read next year all right and then the the next one which kind of then leads into my third one um so i was introduced to an author called ryan holiday this year uh, via his book obstacle is the way which uh, a friend actually recommended and i actually got it as an audio book originally and it's 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 to do with stoicism but sort of the lessons you can learn from it and what certain uh people have done with the the stoic lessons they've learned or ways in which they have acted stoic and how um in the way that in a way that how well as the name suggests the obstacle is the way and how problems that people face instead of uh giving up on those problems by facing and tackling those problems these people actually advance themselves and advance their careers. And just just by listening to this book and learning about Ryan Holiday, I've I like I started listening to a podcast he does called The Daily Stoic, and I've learned a lot of really interesting stuff from that. And then I've learned uh, learned of other authors through uh, people he's interviewed or people he's talked about or pe- other books he's recommended. And that then leads on to my next uh honorable men- uh, mention which is one of the ryan holiday's top recommended books which is meditations by marcus aurelius who is a roman emperor yes so i think the, the one i have is the uh modern library one uh which let me just check who it was who translated it uh gregory hayes and yeah just it's fascinating it is just like mark marcus's who was a roman emperor who just like journaled and wrote down stuff from his reign and wrote down quotes from people he met wrote down his thoughts and opinions and just reading through them there, there's just these short passages on his thoughts on different people on life on nature and just as I was going through it, I was jotting down like certain ones that stuck out to me and I thought were quite powerful and interesting. So in, in like my book journal, which I, I write down when I start and finish a book and what I think of it, um, I, I just jotted down like the different passages or the numbers of the passages that I really enjoyed. And yeah. Is it is it like a this very historical figure who lived a very long time ago? Is it like you're communicating across time with him giving you his advice? Not even, of? not even like that. It's not like him saying you must do this and this is how you must act and this is what you must do. It is just his thoughts and opinions on things. And you're like, oh yeah, that's an interesting way to look at that. Or oh yeah, that makes sense. And there's there's even stuff in there. I'm like, oh, I could take that on board. Or Okay, I don't think that necessarily applies to me now, but I know someone who it could apply to or it could apply to me in this potential future situation. It's just like little bits and pieces to remember. Yeah, I think I I'm going to I'm going to try and get you to read it next year because it's not it's not long. It's only about 120 pages. Maybe a little I, bit longer. I did have a quick peek when you left it lying around at work, Henry, and it mm. uh, I, I might not enjoy it, I will warn you. It's not my sort of thing. I might try and I might if I, I think if I if I bribe you with cider or whiskey then oh that's different that's that that's yeah, different yeah I'll be honour bound <laughs> to read that book but yeah so that concludes my honourable mentions so down to our top three of the year and our another top. whiskey top up Blimey, you're, I'm still on my first glass albeit it was a large one you're pa- 
powering <laughs> through that. Someone has to. <laughs> Nothing else to do in lockdown. I was going to say, it's, it's sat there long enough for you. <laughs> yes, I've been <laughs> waiting to drink this for so long. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not drinking the whole glass. I'm drinking down to when there's only a bit left and topping up. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, right. as, you, as you were saying. Our top three books. And I actually found this easier to decide than my honourable mentions. Because with my honourable mentions, I was like, oh, I remember that one. Because I was going through my book journal. I was like, oh, I forgot I read that one. That was really enjoyable. That was a good one. That was a good one. And I'd written down like a whole list. And I was like, wait, I've got my top three. <laughs> but I want to include a few honourable mentions. But I can't include ten. <laughs> oh my God, Henry. Yes. So I'll go first this time with my my number three. Yeah. And that is Fall of Giants by Ken Follett. Now, this was a big book. It was like eight, nine hundred <laughs> pages. It took you a while to read, if I remember correctly. I don't think it. I, I don't think it took me nearly as long as I thought it would. Hang on, let me just have a look through my journal. Through your notes. Um, here we go. So I started on the twenty third of April and I finished it on the eighth of May. So about just over two weeks. Oh, that's not too bad, actually. Yeah, I, usually a 300-page book, if I'm enjoying it and if I've got the time, would often take me a week. So I definitely enjoyed that if it was about 900 pages and I <laughs> finished it pretty quickly. But the reason I really enjoyed this one, uh, it was given to me by a friend who recommended it very highly. And it just included so much of what I like from books. It's historical fiction, great story... It follows a multitude of interesting characters. It, yeah, it just combines so many elements into a very well-written book. And the thing was, it could have just been from the viewpoint of one character. Each character's story was interesting. It could have been just from... I'll pick one of the characters. Uh, I think Billy, who was a Welsh coal miner who then got sent... Uh, who then uh, joined the army to fight in World War One, and then ended up in Russia, you know, doing a covert mission for the army. Then was arrested when he went against orders. But <coughs> spoilers! <coughs> spoilers! Good point. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to put a timestamp in the description of the video, there, Henry. Yeah, but that just following one character in their story. So that's you, just you, one character. How many characters were there? How many point of view characters? I think you follow about five, six. Okay, so all of that is just a fifth of the book. Yeah. So in other books, that, that, that would be the whole story. That would be all of it. Mm. But that's just a fifth. So every single chapter, something really interesting and exciting must have happened, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, it's you're just seeing because all these different characters have different nationalities. There's there's people from Britain, there's Americans, there's Russians, there's German, and you just see all their what their lives are like before the war, what their lives are like during the war, and then what their lives are like after the war. And the interesting thing about the the next two books in the series is that it follows these characters' children as it goes into the Second World War, and then I think the third one oh. is. The Cold War. So I was going to say, if, if you said World War Three, I'd be like, no, <laughs> no. But it's yes, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. It's one of my historical historical fiction is one of my favourite genres. Often quite a go to, a really good author and a really enjoyable book. And I will definitely be reading the rest of the series. So that wraps up my number three, Tom. Which is yours? So my number three was Gideon the Ninth by. The name escapes me. I can look it up, but I believe something like Tashiro Isaguru. If I don't have it to hand, basically, but it this, was. This is interesting because this does not ring a bell. I do not remember you talking about this one. I definitely remember remember speaking to you about it, and when I give you the quick sales pitch, you might remember. Quite possibly. So it's been described by review reviewers, been summarised by reviewers, I should say, as lesbian necromancers in space. Ah, now that you say it, that does yep, ring a yep, bell. Yep, yeah, I think it'd be quite hard to forget. And w w when you hear that, that description, lesbian necromancers in space, you don't really, you think it's just going to be 
I'm just thinking, what are you reading, Tom? Are you reading like someone's <laughs> fan fiction or something? Exactly. That's exactly what you'd expect. But it was actually a really good book. The emotions of the characters are actually really well thought out, even if they were wearing their ancestors' bones all the time. But that's a sad point. It was fascinating world building, fascinating characters, and a really interesting, unique story. And that's what I love to read. Is it part of a series then? Or is it a standalone? No, I think it's part of a trilogy. So and I will we, definitely so be picking definitely up... Be reading the rest. Al- although the events of Gideon the Ninth will make the sequels very interesting, I must say, without giving spoilers. But yeah, let's be a necromancer in space. That alone <laughs> should be enough of a description. What, what more could you want? Exactly! I'll just, like, purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Yes, we have very different tastes. <laughs> yeah, you're there like, ah, yes, Stoicism philosophy, Emperor Marcus Aurelius. And I'm like, lesbian necromancers! <laughs> it's like, historical fiction, World War One, Space opera. Space. <laughs> Space necromancy. <laughs> Fair enough. So what's your number two, then? Give me your number two. So my number two... I'm not sure it's fair to include it by itself. So though I haven't read it yet, I'd like to include a sequel sequel as well. But that's Peace Talks by Jim Butcher, which is one of the latest in the Dresden Files series. That's fair, because it was split in two, wasn't it? Exactly. So split in two with its sequel, Battlegrounds, also by Jim Butcher, obviously. Um, So it, it ended right on a cliffhanger right before... A big battle. So I, I, I haven't read Battlegrounds yet. I know it's going to be good because I really trust this author and it's an amazing series. And so I, I, I know because I'm going to start reading that as soon as possible that that will probably be, take the place of number two. But as they're basically the same book, I'm including them. And I'm, I believe I've spoken about the Dresden Files a few times before on this podcast. Oh yes, we have definitely spoken about those because they are... Yes, I think I'm on the third or fourth one now, but they are, are they are really entertaining books. They are they are exceptional books, and yeah, when you when you get to where I am in the series, Henry, whatever you think is good about Dresden Files now, if you think it's reached a good place, you do not know how much better it can get. I look forward to it. Right. Oh, but if I were you, what's your number two though? What's your number so, two book? It's so my number two, and this is a book I read really early on in the year and I think you saw me reading it and you saw the number of sticky notes I had in it oh yeah. this was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Life Bamin I, I think I've definitely spoken a lot about it in one of the previous yep. episodes but I really really enjoyed the balance they had in their their stories of their time in the SEALs uh, Navy SEALs and how they operated and how they you can then convert those lessons into the business world. I thought I think, you said they were SAS. No, no, no. They're Navy SEALs. They're from the uh, they're, they're from the US. <laughs> um, I must no, have got confused. Navy, Navy SEALs, um, special forces, of course. Uh, but it, yeah, I'm looking at my copy now, and the number of sticky notes I have in the top of it, just for stuff I I've gone back and looked at again i was like i can't can't not include this in my (laughs) in my top three because i think i i will probably reread it again at some point maybe next um, year and keep referring back to it in life i'm assuming yeah yeah i'm looking at my bookshelf now i think i think i said i'd read the little black book again at some point there's a few others i'm looking at on my bookshelf i was like i will read i will reread those um, and yeah, I think Extreme Ownership is one of those ones. And they, they've both, I think they've released a couple of other books, which I really want to pick up and read as well. I think one's like the Discipline Equals Freedom, I think is one of Jocko's books. And then I think they released another one together. I think it's The Dichotomy of Leadership, which I think will be quite an interesting read. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend that book if in any way you're interested in like special forces people or you're interested in their strategy and how to apply that to business or just your everyday life. Really, really good book. So Tom, what is the big number one, the number one, your top book oh, of 2020? The best book that I read in 2020? Well, that has to be All Systems Red. Really? 
Yeah, by Martha wow. Wells. I was not expecting that. I know you said you enjoyed it, but I did not think that would be at the top. Well, as someone who has struggled with social anxiety for most of my life, reading the book where the badass protagonist suffers from it much worse than I did was actually really refreshing and very entertaining. So I I did really enjoy it, and it did hit me deeply. Remind me, have you read more in the series, or Mm -hmm, like... mm -hmm. And read the sequel, I think... I literally finished that book and immediately went online and bought the sequel. <laughs> Hardcover. Which I, re- which I rarely do. I rarely start reading the series and actually keep going. So that was no, my number are there, one. Are there any more? Will you be reading any more in the series? Or is it just only those two I at the moment? Think, I think there's a few more. I think there's a few more. But uh, because they're not... The publisher hasn't published it very widely. So it's quite hard to get hold of. You can get it on Amazon perfectly fine, but I think it's more expensive than most books. So I'm mm. like, well, I should probably ration my spending and not just throw all my money away on books. <laughs> right. Oh, who am um, I kidding? I'm going to cry. I'll probably buy it tonight, actually. I was going to say, funny, uh, going back to Ryan Holiday and his uh, uh, his podcast, actually, on one of the episodes, he does like short daily episodes, which are only like four or five minutes long and just bits about stoicism and one of them was on the purchase you will never uh, regret and that is buying books because either they ah. tell you a good story or they teach you something they're the one purchase you should never regret buying well you convinced me i'm going shopping on, uh, for more books right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <not> good <laughs> now my number one and i think you will be happy with this oh and i my top three could have been taken up by this entire series, but I had to narrow it down to just one. And I'll explain the reason for that, because it, beca- it came down to t- two of them. I wasn't entirely sure which one to put, but I did settle on this one. And that is The Last Argument of Kings by Joe Abercrombie. Yes, from Henry! The, from the first Law trilogy. And it was really difficult to pick between this one and Before They Are Hanged which is the second in the series that is very good as well but I think there's just the way he ties up all loose ends so satisfyingly in Last Argument yep. of Kings Yeah, but in also it's a very bittersweet ending mm-hmm. and that is exactly why I picked it because I, I loved Before They Are Hanged for the world building and how much of the world you got to explore in that one but like you said it was just that ending and how perfectly Joe Abercrombie tied all the different he tied all the different story threads together in a really nice neat bow which was so satisfying but as you said bittersweet and then he just left a few little threads hanging ready for more which as you said before there were some spin-off books there is now oh, they're a, very good as well. There's now a sequel series, so I will Which be Which I can't reading. rate to read. Yeah, I will be reading those, but ah, oh, it I'm so glad you introduced me to that series because <laughs> it's so good. I've got my I've got my three lovely hardback special editions. Yeah, I absolutely love that series. But yeah. There we go. Our top three books each and our honourable mentions. I have to admit. There were a few surprises in there. Yes, oh, I oh. thought that Aeronauts Windless might have come up in one of your honourable mentions at least. I, I, I did. It was a, it was a contender, but I was it like, was a contender. Oh. So I, I, about, I thought but, you might put it. I thought you might put maybe, it. maybe. What about Retribution Falls? I'm surprised that didn't make a cut either. Again, that would have been in my honourable mentions, but it, it would, like I said, if, if, if I. If I hadn't cut some from the honourable mentions, I could have been there listing out about <laughs> ten different books. Just, well, yeah. yes, that's, that is true. I'm going to ask you this. What are some of your reading goals for next year? Are there any particular books coming out next year or any ones you've got lined up that you're looking forward to reading? I have got two books in the Malazan Book of the Fallen series lined up, which I can't wait to read. Because uh, I love that series. If you couldn't handle the amount of law and world building in The Court of the Air by Stephen Hunt, Henry, you're going to really struggle <laughs> with Malazan Book of the Fallen by Stephen Erickson. Because that sort of... <laughs> it's maybe think, not think... as full-on as Court of the Air. It gives you room to stop and breathe. But the world building is much more complex. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, I think my problem with Court of the Air wasn't that I couldn't, I, I couldn't deal with the world being. I think it was just it threw everything at you so fast without really properly explaining or giving you time to understand certain bits of it, and just some bits just came out of nowhere, like the crab people, which I harped <laughs> on about before. I was just like, where the hell did they come from? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, never, <laughs> never. So when random crab people pop up, never should that be a bad thing. I mean, it's just the fact they introduced this character earlier. I hadn't mentioned anything about them being a crab. And then, oh, there's the character again. And they're a crab person. It's <laughs> like, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the only book where a homosexual communist bodybuilder can have a duel to the death with a random crab person. And it's perfectly reasonable and makes perfect sense in the story. Well, what what and, more and, do and, you want? And then, they, and then they just piss off. And then you don't see them again for the rest of the book, as you've told me. Yes, yeah. but still. Anyway... Uh, my my feelings have been shared on the call of the air, but <laughs> what what other books are you looking forward to? Any others or any I'm lo- series? I'm looking forward to reading the sequel series to um, Last Argument of Kings, as you mentioned, because yes. I've fi- I finished it when he when Joe Crombie finished writing the spin-offs to the First Lord trilogy. He wrote a series for young adults, and I've now finished reading those. So I can move on to what he's written more recently, and I'm v- definitely looking forward to that. Mm. And I've got another book in Philip Pullman's prequel series to his Dark Materials, because mm, the uh, the second season of the uh, BBC uh, shows just finished up, and I'm like, oh damn, I need to I need to catch up on the first season <laughs> before I <can laughs> go on to the second season. I'm really I, far I, behind. I, on that. I'm a few episodes behind on the second season. I will admit, but I but it's. Second season's been a lot slower, in my opinion, than the first season, but they've both been really good at ad- ad- adaptations of his books. I have heard that. Really good. So I, I feel like I should catch up on those. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a book that you'll definitely want to read next year, which I know is coming out in April, and that's the next Skullduggery Pleasant book. Of course! Yeah. So, if I've been given more honourable mentions to work with, I think Skullduggery Pleasant Seasons of War might have been up there, because that was very good. That was very good. So I think there are two left in the in this series. I think he's read said he's writing two more. So it'll but be then, the next one and then one knowing more. Knowing Derek Landy, knowing Derek Landy, he'll write another one and be like, Oh lol <laughs> well, maybe, Something very maybe, happy for. Maybe he'll opt to follow different characters, but uh, some of our f- favourites will return. Yeah, like you, I'm I'll probably read the uh, spin offs of Joe Abercrombie's First Law Trilogy and then work my way on to the um, sequel series. I think I've got the last of the Bernard Cornwell Last Kingdom series books has just come out, so I will probably pick that up and then I will finish that series off. I'm very tempted to reread the Lord of the Rings series because a friend of mine's been reading them and it's been possibly ten years maybe longer since i originally read them yeah i feel i feel like i should go back and reread them it's definitely been around that long for me as well um what else uh i think i I will definitely check out some more of ryan holiday's books someone who he often recommends and is a was actually his mentor who is robert green a friend of mine has recommended so many of his books. I think I will be checking some of those out. Another one, uh, another podcaster I listen to quite often, again recommended by a friend, is a guy called Tim Ferriss, and he's got a few books out which I've seen and I really like the look of. Um, yeah, I think my aim next year with books is to maybe read fewer of them, but if they're informative books, try and delve into them a bit more. And try and really get into the meat, like the of understanding them, if they're informative. If that, yeah. If that makes sense. If that makes that sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And maybe try and adapt them, and wherever possible, use them as much as possible in your yeah. daily life. Yeah, I think that's what I want to do. But then, of course, I'll throw in some historical fiction, a good bit of fantasy to break it up. Well, of course. I'll, be, of I'll, course. I'll, I'll come to your door, door, Tom, and I'll be like, tell me. Give me, me fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, lesbian necromancers. <laughs> <laughs> if, if in doubt, fall back on that. Yeah, to be honest, you can't go wrong with that book. 
Um, I think my goals of books next year is not to read a certain number of books, but to read a certain number of pages. Because I've noticed some fantasy books, they can be quite short, but like All Systems Read, it's only about 200 pages. But others, the ones that I'm looking forward to reading next year, I think the smallest is about 600 pages, which will be sometimes if I'm distracted. I think, Henry, are you okay? It sounds like you spat out your drink. Oh, uh, no, I just some uh, a box fell over in my room. <laughs> okay. It's, okay. It's all good. It's just some papers on the floor. I'll clear up later. What, room, what, room, what do you mean, room? You, mean, you meant studio. You meant studio, didn't you, Henry? <laughs> you went studio um, but yes no I, I was going to read a certain number of pages each month had like a, a schedule of pages and yeah I think when I reach the end of the year and I've finished my last book uh, in my book journal I'm going to go through I'm going to re- count out the number of different authors I've read tally up the total number of pages tally up the total number of um, books I've read and that'll be really interesting to see see what it is because I don't know I think I'm on around 40 books, but quite a few different varied authors, and I have no clue what the total number of pages equals. I don't know whether it's I've read more fantasy or more non-fiction this year, so it'll be interesting to see whether it's fiction or non-fiction that comes out on top. It sounds like you've read more non-fiction, because they were most the majority of your honourable mentors in top three. Yeah, I have a feeling that you might be right. So next year, I want to see you read more non-fiction. <laughs> maybe strike a balance and in the words of Draco Malfoy I can help you there <laughs> well Tom this year's 2020 has been a bit of a strange year been a shit show <laughs> not quite as any of us thought it would go or any of us have intended it but what are some things from 2020 that you've so to bring a bit of light to the conversation, what are some things you've really enjoyed from the year or something new you've done or something interesting you've found? Like, any, um, any good shows, games, podcasts, anything like that? I think for shows, shows that deserve a mention would have to be The Boys, especially season two, would have to be uh, The Mandalorian. Oh yes! Is... Oh, that season finale! <laughs> oh wow! Oh, absolutely! Oh wow! No spoilers! Word... But... Oh. No spoilers! The words cannot express. Words cannot express, which is good yeah. because we're not giving spoilers. So yeah, I think to be honest, video games, TV shows, and books have got me through the year, and without them, I, I would have had a much more difficult time. Being bored off our asses. <laughs> which is not to say that we've been sitting on our asses this whole time. I we both been able we both kept ourselves busy, haven't we, Henry? Yeah. With volunteering or work where possible, but being able to enjoy more shows and books and video games than we would normally has been, it's definitely been very helpful. Yeah, I, I completely agree with The Boys and The Mandalorian. Um, I watched Ozark with my family and I really enjoyed that. And I've just finished, we just finished The Queen's Gambit. That's a fantastic show if you haven't watched, watched that yet. Um, yeah, a number of good series. Something I've really enjoyed this year is I've really got into podcasts. Just, I'm glad to hear that because you, you're on one. <laughs> I run one. Yes, you run, in, yes, yes. In in that sense, yes, I I have got into podcasting quite literally. I <laughs> I run an edit a podcast, and I have absolutely enjoyed it, and I'm really excited to see where it goes next year. But I'm really excited I, to be on it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear but uh, just through friends recommendations or through listening to other podcasts I've begun to like accumulate so many different shows that I'm listening to now and it's just so nice like whenever I'm doing chores around the house or if I'm out on a walk by myself I can just stick on a podcast and just listen to it and it's topics ranging from video games to interviews with business people or other influential people to from stuff to stoicism or stuff about the environment and the natural world or exploring even space just uh, I'll list some of my favourite ones. Uh, like I've mentioned, Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic. I'm really enjoying that. Um, uh, there's a podcast called Play, Watch, Listen, uh, which I think I told you about because it's got Troy Baker. On yes, it, who's yes, the who's the voice actor? So it's on that. It's him. He's the voice actor of Joel in Last of Us. 
Yes. So it's him. It's a games writer, Alana Pierce, a game developer, Mike Bithell, and a game music composer called Austin Wintery. It's just the do four they, of them. Each do week. they need a game player to really round out the, the the whole ensemble? There, I think they need a game player. And I, Henry, I'm available. Get me in touch. <laughs> well, I think seeing as they all play games, I think they've got that covered. Uh, damn. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what that was my uh, oh, when you know that everyone was posting their Spotify wrap ups at the end of the year, which I was just fun, funny. But I, I I looked through mine and that was my top podcast of the year was the Playwatch Listen one. That's the one I've listened to the most. Yeah, I just really enjoyed podcasting this year, listening to and uh, making one. So that's I've been getting into podcasts really a little bit as well, but I've been preferring some more narrative based ones. So uh, I've been listening which, which to one. So I listened to a D and D one, which I gather is very popular, called Critical Role. Ah, uh, yes, I've heard of them. Yeah, which which is very entertaining, actually. I think actually um, Johnson has been on, who voices Ellie. I think she's actually been in a few of those, and isn't it? It's, it's, it's run by Matthew. Me. It's Mercer. been run Matthew Mercer, who again is another famous video game voice actor. Absolutely, and he he is the best dungeon master that I have ever encountered i think all dungeon masters that i know aspire to be his level of dungeon master <laughs> well, it's because he can do all the voices can't he exactly which is cheating in my opinion because he does it for a living um but it, all all of them they're not just you know good at voicing their characters all the all the cast just really really devote their time to making it seem not just a D session but also an actual story like they're really devoted to their characters to the point where I think two of the characters have a pretend relationship. So <laughs> the the party will stop for a rest at an inn and all the other people will be silent. And these two characters will talk out an almost scripted heart-to-heart moment, if that makes sense. Um, and, I'm, and I'll be sitting there like, hang on, is this... Is this improvised or is this actually scripted? Or like, you know, they've randomly decided that their characters are going to get together? Or like, it was really interesting to see this either improvisation or just well planned gameplay. Yeah, because I've I've seen clips of it and like people have done little animations for it. And just some there are some really hilarious moments in it. Oh god, well. yeah. I haven't, I haven't, oh god, yeah. I haven't sat and listened to a whole episode, but I've seen clips and there are just some very hilarious shenanigans going on. I was also yeah. listening, I forget the name, but I was listening to a podcast of folklore tales. So there's someone who reads out folklore tales from around the world in in detail. And it's really good to have one in the background when you're doing a menial task. It's quite, some of them are spooky, some of them are meaningful. Some of oh, them that are just interesting. Weird. You have to uh, let me know what that is. I haven't listened to it for a while, so if I if I pick it up again, I'll send it to you. But it was yeah, fascinating. find it and let me know. What about games? Because what I found with this year isn't is I haven't necessarily played a lot of games that were released in 2020. I think I've only played three games that were released in 2020. But I've used the time to catch up on old games that I've had sitting on my shelf or on my computer for a while. So I've used it to catch up on those. I've taken the opportunity of being at home a lot more to dip into older games that I played when I was younger. Particularly Bethesda games, like the Fallout series and the Elder Scrolls series, which I'm a massive fan of both of those. Um, Also old games on the PC, like some of the older Total War games, Mountain Blade, and games like comfort games that make me feel better in these much more difficult than we'd like times. Mm. Well, what was it? Uh, Skyrim and New Vegas are... Literally your comfort blanket of games. I said. The other oh day. yes. Oh yes. One hundred percent. They are my comfort blanket. If a game, if I buy, if I spend a lot of money on a game and it doesn't go out as expected, then I go back to those games. Mm. As we found out with uh, the shaky launch of Cyberpunk twenty twenty seven, which just, I have to admit, sums up twenty twenty that we can't even oh, get yeah. the game that we've been waiting eight for. years. So, eight years. With so much hype, with Keanu Reeves, and yet it doesn't go as we wish it did. Because I'm playing on PC, you're playing on base PS4. I think so imagine I, my pain. I've I've had the better experience out of the two of us. Oh, easily. Even mine is not perfect. I I've experienced bugs and some glitches. I've had a couple of game breaking bits, but I haven't had any crashes, and I've managed to restore 
stuff by uh, managed to get it working again by going back at like a reloading a save. I will say this: there is a fantastic game in there. The there story, is a fantastic game in there. Yes, the characters, the narration, the sound design, the music. The visuals, the visuals, the visuals, when they're not clipping or buggy, are very, very impressive as well. Yes, it is just unfortunate that this has not been a smooth launch for CDPR. And although my copy did crash four times in an hour, the autosave feature was sophisticated enough that most of the time I could go back to exactly where I was when it crashed. Mm. Not having to fiddle around with save files. Most of the time I can just pick up where I left off. Yeah. I mean we, we could we could literally spend a whole episode talking about Maybe we should next year. Not not the first one next year, maybe the second one. When Cyberpunk's yeah. had a, enough time to grow accustomed and the dust has settled. Maybe yeah. we should do like a proper uh bias deep, deep dive. Deep dive analysis. Um, bias free anal- analysis spoilers of um, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I think you'd say, oh, should we talk about Cyberpunk on this episode? And I, I, I think I said, we'll mention it, it, but you we won't it. go into it because we could, like I said, we could spend a whole episode on it. But I I have to admit, the, the good parts of it, I am thoroughly enjoying. <laughs> and I really but want I, to get I, to those good parts. I really want yeah. to find those good parts. <laughs> But yeah, I do feel bad for people who've kind of had their experience ruined because of the bugs. And I think CD Project, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them in the future. And I hope they, I hope it worked out for them in the end. But anyway, yeah, I'm <clears throat> something I want to ask you because of the th- so the three games of 2020 that I've played, it was Doom Eternal, Last of Us Two and cyberpunk and i guess you could include uh the pokemon dlc in there but most like i said most of my stuff has been going back and playing older stuff that had been sat around for a while and i just wanted to get through and but as someone who played last of us 2 and ghost of tsushima oh which was your favorite which was your favorite out of those two because i think if i had played ghost of tsushima i wonder what my opinion would have been comparing that to the last of us 2 Last of Us 2 was a really good game. Don't get me wrong. I still love that game and I still love that franchise. But it wasn't what I wanted from that game. I wanted... Well, I don't want to give spoilers, actually. Not in this episode. But I wanted something different from that game. I mean, we, we have a whole... A whole episode. spoiler episode. So if you want to hear my thoughts, go back to I think episode 7 or something. Yeah, go six back or to seven. that. Yeah, go back to that if you want to hear what I think. I'm not going to go over it again here and bore you with the details. So I think I would choose Go to Tsushima because it's mm. just such it's such a well made game. Yeah, it looks like, all the screenshots and everything I've seen of it. It looks it's pretty. incredibly pretty, but also everything just works. I can't think of a single bug that I encountered in that game. Not a single one. See, Project Red. That's how you make games. <laughs> uh, it's just, it was really refreshing to have a game of a com- that's you know a completely different culture to most games that I play because it's based on medieval Japan. Japan. I love adventure games. The, the combat was amazing. Killing people with these katanas. I mean, fighting with katanas. Killing's terrible. Yeah, I think I would have to say Ghost of Tsushima. That's interesting because I'm hoping to pick it up either the end of end of this year or maybe I'll pick it up at the start of next year because um, and then we can play a bit of the online together as well because they released the free Legends mode which looks pretty cool and it looks yeah, very I've, cool. I've just heard nothing but positive things about it so it's a shame I couldn't pick it up this year but I will definitely, it's one of those games that's definitely on my radar and I will definitely be playing at some point but yeah I thought it'd be I interesting highly to get your, your opinions on it yeah so I would rate it above Last of Us 2 fair enough and because you platinumed both as well, so I did. I, well, I had I had the time this year. <laughs> yeah, but quite a lot to look forward to next year. Hopefully, with some good games coming out, Horizon Zero Dawn two potentially ne- end of next year, which I'm very excited for. What else? We got Mandalorian season three is confirmed. 
End of next year. End of next year. The Boba Fett show. Boba Fett show, as well as a bunch more Star Wars and Disney ones. Uh, Star Wars and Marvel, rather. Well, they're both Disney, Henry. Yes, yeah. (laughs) I meant to say, but Star Wars and Marvel on Disney+. Plus. To be fair, if they manage to pull off all these other shows, as well as they pulled off The Mandalorian... Yeah, it'll be good. Well, we've got, it'll um, be very um, good. I think there's going to be another Umbrella Academy. Yes, they, that, that, that's been approved. Show. That was a great show, actually. That, uh, season 2 came out this year. Hmm. We, just need, I don't know if, we need another season of The Boys, and we need a, yes. new, we need a new Peaky Blinders season. I'm sorry, where is They the are making Peaky one. Blinders? They're making one. In fact, they're actually advertising for extras. For, to be in the background of the next season. So Henry, me, I can just see me and you swaggering into the garrison with our uh, flat peaky caps, going up to the bar and ordering some Irish whiskey. I can see that, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll be proud to announce our cameo in Peaky Blinders. <laughs> that <laughs> look would out, be amazing. Look out for us. <laughs> Although a post boy like us would never survive. Post boys like us would never survive in that establishment, Henry. <laughs> I don't think I could act with a straight face. I'd just be there like, I'm on Pinky Blinders! And people would be like, shut up, you're meant to be in a character. <laughs> oh, you're right, Tommy. Hey, hey, hey. You're, hey, you're, Tommy! You're, you're reduced to a non-speaking role. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, they would definitely have to reduce me to a non-speaking role. But I think I've got the facial hair to go on it. <laughs> it's got a great big bushy beard. <laughs> More like a dishevelled old man stubble, to be honest. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what else? Uh, I'm looking forward to trying some new whiskies next year. We will have to absolutely have to pick out a few. We should try some more of the of the whiskies from the Japanese brewery distillery, uh, yes. even. Yes, because we, we only we did a, did we do a, we did a couple. We did the Nikka and we did the Akashi. Akashi. I thought that was quite nice, yeah. but I think we should. Um, I think we've tried it, but not on the podcast. The Suntory, yes, whiskey. yes, that's a good one. Uh, there's the Yamazaki, which I know is very nice. Oh, yeah, I want to try that. I want uh, to try that. I think I think you'd really enjoy that. I think I I got I was given it for a birthday one time. Uh, the Penderin, the Welsh one. I think we should yes. have that at some point. That was um, recommended by a good friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, the else? English whiskey that you mentioned the other day. Yes, yes, the Cotswolds one, which I yes, had. Oh, it is it is delicious. Um, I think you will thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, I think we should give some Talisker a go. Talisker Sky, yep, 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 and some Lagavulin. Yep, and I think we should uh, try and find another Tullamore because I think they do do a few different ones, and we should definitely branch out our Tullamore tastes. Maybe even the trips back to the Tullamore Museum. Mm. That would be pretty cool. Well, it should be an interesting year next year on the podcast, provided we're actually... We're allowed out of our homes! (laughs) Yes, hopefully we will be able to go places, do more, see more, try more whiskeys, read more. Well, I'm sure we'll always be reading plenty. Um, We have plenty of time to read. That should not be a problem. Yeah. Well, Tom, I have to say, despite 2020 being a very strange year, I have Depressing really enjoyed year. doing this podcast. And I hope it's. I hope our listeners have enjoyed it, and it's been a little bit of light in the darkness that has been 2020. Um, exactly, and thank you for having me on. Despite my moaning, despite my negativity for lots of <laughs> lots of lots of things, and my getting drunk too early on these podcasts, thank you for having me, Henry. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you very much for your book recommendations, your your whiskey recommendations, and yeah, I'm just excited to see where this podcast goes in the future. I have a few plans. We'll see how 2021 goes with those, but it should be interesting to continue to release this podcast and develop it further. Uh, Kind of a bit of a, a journey in itself, but I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Yes, so I think I have a quote ready to finish up this episode. Oh, we've got a quote this time, we've got a quote. Yes, to lead it, lead us into 2021. Now this comes from uh, The Obstacle is the Way and Meditations. And I think because 2020 has been a year, it's been quite difficult. There are a lot of 
obstacles in our way. A lot of obstacles 2020 has thrown at us. And I think 2021, unfortunately, will be the same. Just because it is the end of the year, we do not have a magic reset button, unfortunately. But unfortunately. So everyone stays strong and keeps persevering. And I hope, hope we get through this. But thank you so much to everyone for listening. I've really enjoyed yes. this. Thank you. Thank you for letting us ramble on about things. <laughs> so the quote... This is from Marcus Aurelius. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. That means face the obstacles that come before you and they could be, they could lead you in the right direction. And I have that in the little coin in the little box. It just sits on my desk in front of me and it's just there to act as a reminder I try and uh, keep it in mind and try and hopefully 2021, I hope to be able to live up to those words and face the obstacles that the new year brings and see myself forward. But thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Here's to the end of a strange year, but hopefully going forward, it will be better. And we hope that you continue to listen to Words Over Whiskey next year, 2021. But for now... Thank you. Cheers. We'll see you. Cheers on the next episode. Goodbye for now. See you next year. Bye for now. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Merry Christmas.